The record button has been pressed, so it's time for... It really seems to be going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before the hit. <laughs> but we hit a flow in the conversation. Um, I think I'm open. I mean, I'm in my mind with. I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is Chris Roseland for episode number ten. We uh, talk about the good old days. We talk about what's going on in Chris's life. And uh, it's lots of fun. And there's a special guest. Because your mom's pretty organic, because well, basically she had you, so there you have it. And uh, and uh, I mean, you know, you can't get more organic than that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you forgive me. Uh, I do a lot of laughing. That's kind of like That's enough of that. Uh, how are you guys doing out there? Well, um, that was a little flow moment, uh, playing around with uh, uh, Scott's uh, voice. So I just enjoy Scott's um, – I enjoy his his laugh so much that I had to capture a few of them. And I found that, you know, his most vibrant laugh seemed to be from the first episode. So let's, let's hear a couple of those again. Yeah, that's a good one. And you know, then we got – you know, like your mom. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I can bring that up at any time, anytime I want. And also, I got some wonderful gifts from Chris. Let's, let's try this one. Joel has a big dick. Oh, yeah. And how about this one? Joel is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good. What else? I love Joel's podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And? Oh my goodness, Joel sure knows how to interview people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's enjoyable. So either way, I gotta do this one real quick because uh, Sarah's mother's here, and uh, so I don't have much time. She's over at the store, and I gotta get this done quick. 
All right. It was great to, to uh, hear everyone's podcast. I'll, I'll start updating on that later. But either way, I just got a few small announcements. Uh, one is that I'm going to start um, doing every or doing one podcast a week, and it's going to be on Sundays. I'll be releasing on Sundays. So that that's pretty much it. Um, the other thing is uh, I, I talked to Chris on, on Monday. It was real fun. Had a great conversation with him. Uh, there, there's a great little, little thing we got going on, um, that you'll get to hear, uh, uh, Chris gets to use his improv chops a little bit. So I guess there's not much else to say, except I hope you enjoy this interview. Um, this is a wonderful place to go out from number 10. I, I think it's kind of feels like the, the first 10 were like my, my countdown, even though it counted up, but my my countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 2, 1, and my rocket ship is blasted off, and now... I am ready to go, and I got a pretty good idea of what I want, um, though I'm still kind of figuring out the first part. I like the interviews, and I hope to keep them up. Okay, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview, episode number 10, with my epic Chris Rosalind. Remember when I picked I you up from I'd be Skirt was torn and you said never leave me alone We drove for hours until the last Until we saw another day, day I didn't have a sense of self Okay, we are here, ready to call Chris. I like doing it this fashion, you know, just giving him a giving him a call so you can hear the phone ringing. So here we go. C is for Chris. Calling Chris. Got to put it on speakerphone. All right, let's let's hear. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Exciting. Hello, Chris? Uh, no, he's in the bathroom. Who is that, Arnold? Yes, how can I help you? Arnold? Uh, yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, I can sign something for you. Yes, that's what you made. What? You are the Arnold Schwarzenegger? We, like yes, the, the movie yes, star? Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor, amazing action star. Uh, uh, that is who I am. Yes. Hello. Oh my! Um, it, this is this is an honor. I mean, I uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, I know, I know an, an amazing man. I know. Now, what is it you want, small man? Uh, well, I guess maybe I want a, uh, an explanation. I mean, uh, w- what are you doing at Chris's house? 
I'm thinking I was fascinated. No explanation is needed. However, I will give you one. If this is what you want. Yes. Um, let's see now. The gorgeous story began in my hometown of uh, uh, Austria. Uh, when I began... Wait, 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 wait. No, no. Arnold, I mean, no no need. We all know your story. What what I want to know is why why are you at Chris's house? Well, the thing is, you see, um, I, I like the boobies. You see, I like... I'm not an actor. That's what it is. You said... Did you just say you, you like... You said... I, uh, I uh, lost all my power, all my political power. And my money and my support from all my fans, it's all gone now, you see. So, Chris, he is a generous man, and he says to me, Arnold, uh, you are in trouble. I will help you. You will be my personal assistant. And uh, I suggest, yes, absolutely. Uh, can I live with you? And he says, yes, absolutely. Come on in. You can sleep in my bathtub. And that's uh, pretty much the story. I mean, this is this is uh, ridiculous. I mean, uh, we were I, I have a group of friends, and we were just talking about how The Predator was one of the best movies ever made. Yes, it was. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, lots of muscles, and I uh, uh, like to kill invisible things. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic. So how, how did you lose? I mean, you must be getting residuals or something. Um, it's going to my, uh, I'm a uh, it's going to my, uh, uh, my other family in, uh, 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 Mexico. Oh, the, the family with the, with the, with the maid? I have families everywhere, you see, because I am Alan Schwarzenegger. I love to put my cock in things. Ah, uh, well, this, this is... This is news. So, so you literally have, with all your millions of dollars of residuals, you literally have no penny to your name. Yeah, yeah. I get, uh, I get a uh, food stamp from uh, from Uncle Sam. Uh, it's what I get, and I'm on uh, Medicaid. Well, well, <laughs> that's that's tough. I mean, I mean, well, I, I mean, it's such an honor to have you. I mean, maybe at least we could get some ex- exclusive interview with you. I mean, I mean, it's nice to talk to Chris, but I mean, I got a Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Yes, yes, I'm quite amazing. Um, if you want this chance, it's going to cost you, though, okay? Because I am Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, you know, I wouldn't pay twenty dollars for some some uh, kind of hanky panky type of thing here, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll talk, but I guess you know, um, we'll make an arrangement. And uh, in the meantime, maybe you could get Chris. Yes, definitely. He's shitting. Just give me one second. Thanks. There's a phone call for you. Get in here. What? Who is it? Who is this? It's Joel. What is your name? What it's Joel. What does your daddy do? <laughs> my dad. Daddy and what does he do? My daddy is a farmer, <laughs> and he's not. What's that? His name is Joel. His daddy is a farmer. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Great. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just uh, hand the phone over here. Okay. Thanks. Okay, sorry about that. Hello, who is it now? Uh, this is Joel, Chris. We're doing uh, Finding the Flow today. 
Oh my goodness, Joel! So good to talk to you. I'm sorry about that. He's a little bit uh, slow, you know, involved all like steroids and stuff like that. You know, stuff like that. Uh, holy shit, man! I mean, how did how did you yeah. pull this off? You must have been the lucky guy that found him. Oh my god! There I was in the public bathroom. Uh, I had to pee so bad because I had uh, I drank one of those like huge Aquafina bottles, you know. And there was Arnold sitting on the bathroom floor giving out hand jobs, and so I was just like, you know, Arnold, you are a respectable man. Come home with me. You can live with me. You just need to be my personal butler. So that's how it all happened. So I mean, I let me let me get. The, so I mean, he, he, you know, Arnold's got a lot of plastic surgery at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty much ninety percent plastic. Yeah. So. Uh, doesn't that stuff need maintenance? I mean, isn't it going to be kind of turning into goo? Um, he has a guy who comes in. Um, I, I help to pay for this. Uh, about like once a month, uh, he backs up a uh, plastic truck. It's a truck full of like liquid plastic, and he inserts needles into him. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like that scene in The Wolverine where he's injected full of uh, of adamantium, but instead of that, it's like plastic. So he, you know, he just kind of gets kind of like refreshed every like month or so. Okay, okay. I, w- I could imagine he. I mean, if if he didn't have any money, he would quickly turn into a pile of you know a pile of flapping skin or something. Yeah, yeah. Near 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 the like end of the month, um, he turns very extra flappy. Um, but what's nice, though, is I attach a piece of string to him. He extends his arms, and he turns into sort of like a human flying squirrel-type creature. And then I can very quickly get around the city. You know, I can go about 20 blocks on one single sort of like uh, glide, I would say. So, yeah. so it sounds like he's, uh, he's worth having around. He is. You know, um, I would have to say that to have a personal butler... The best one to choose would have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, because um, he brings home ladies. Uh, he brings home. Uh, well, I mean, he, he likes to bring his like family from Canada and Mexico here too. So you know, I have to meet them, and that's pretty cool too. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of different sort of like Schwarzenegger perks. So, so, I like to call them. I mean, so he's technically your your butler, right? He is my butler. So what does he wear? Um, does know, he wear a butler? He was wearing a like leather outfit. I said I don't need you to wear any kind of leather outfit, but he was all into it. You know, he, he's all dressed up in leather, and he you know scrubs the floors and puts my nails and all that stuff. So yeah, it's kind of like a like a, a very very a uh, personal slave, very beneficial thing here. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's something, man. I mean, I. I, I'm impressed. You know, I mean, Scott must be. I mean, does Scott know? I try to keep it on the down low because um, you know sometimes like uh, the paparazzi will come over, and it just gets it just gets annoying. Um, but he will do birthday parties though. So if you're having any kind of like birthday party coming up, I can send him over. Um, he has a special sort of like crate. I put him in there, and I can like I can like ship him off to different cities or states or different countries so uh if you need him i can definitely ship him out to you well that that's awesome man well you know uh i guess <laughs> i i'd never think i'd hear, hear myself say this but i guess uh that's enough about arnold okay yeah yeah um i feel the same way uh you know he's he's interesting for about 10 minutes or so 
And then he just goes off about Terminator and steroids and his big dick. And I'm just like, shut up, Marvel. Shut up. Just go in the corner and sit by yourself. So. Now, uh, just one last question, just to put a kind of p- period in all it. How many kids does he have? Oh, good Lord. Now, to see, the way that he counts his children is he puts a little tattoo of a line on his body. Um, so he looks like part zebra now because he has so many stripes. Holy um, shit. I, I said to him, you know, Arnold, this is not a good idea. Um, you're going to look like some kind of half-man, half-horse, like, zebra-type creature. But he says that he needs to remember all of them. Um, he's sort of like a tree where there's like a different ring for each like year. Um, so he, he has that kind of going on for him also. He, he better watch out. He, he might get hunted by, uh, you know, Vin Diesel or The Rock. Exactly, exactly. Basically his... And they said that, who is this, like, zebra creature? And I said, no one. And I give them some, like, uh, some arm arm butter, and then they just, like, leave. So everything is fine after that. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great. I am I'm, uh, drinking a Sam Adams uh, IPL. What does that stand for? India Pale Lager. Oh, okay. As opposed okay. to as opposed to the India Pale Ale, which is a very popular IPA. Everyone knows about IPAs. IPL is a lager, so it's good cold. Lager. Yeah, it's good. Good. Now, I am a bit dumb when it comes to beer. Does that mean that it actually came from the country of India? Um. Well. Actually, I've been through this whole story on the beer section of uh, James's podcast, Podcast 7, but I shall reiterate this again because um, it, it was a nice thing to have because now I know. I'll know forever. But uh, it's actually called India Pale Ale because um, hops, the things that make make the the, the beer smell like that, that grassy or, or citrus smell in beer, you know? Yeah. They, that part of it, if you add more... It makes the beer more extreme, but it actually is also a natural preservative. Okay. So it took the British a long time to get to India. They had to go around the Cape of Africa, and beer would usually only last about, um, I think they said six weeks. I see. And so they doubled or tripled the hops, and then it lasted their whole ship trip to, to India. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So through this, this like method, they found a way to make the beer last longer. Exactly. And it's, I like that. Yeah, and, and usually, you know, the, the flavor in the beer comes from the, the grain in it, you know, but the, but the, the kind of smell and that, you know, it, it's like they say, that that's the kind of part of beer that's like the acquired taste part, and it just mm-hmm. goes to the extreme of the acquired taste part, you know. To the extreme. To the extreme. So this is extreme because it's not an ale but a lager, which takes longer to, to make, and it and it and it's supposed to be served cold. Cold as in like you like keep it cold. Yeah, like actually, the uh, a good ale is supposed to be meant to be drank at uh, room temperature. I don't, I don't know if you knew that. Wow, that sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is actually if if you if you know what you're doing, it's pretty damn damn good, especially a good Belgian. Do you remember Julie Nichols? Yes. The the yes yes she used to introduced me to the idea of super cold beer, 
because the colder the beer, the less taste it has. So they would buy this incredibly cheapy uh, skunk-ass beer, stick it in this fridge, and turn it down to like a sub-zero temperature, and you drink it, it would taste awesome because it was so cold. But in fact, it was actually terrible beer. Um, so that's where I was introduced to that sort of like sort of like concept yeah totally I, and um so yeah all the big skunk beers are lagers uh i guess okay lagers during the fermentation process are, are done in a cold temperature whereas ales are done mm-hmm. at, at a room temperature during the fermentation process so so the lager is meant to be cold i guess i don't that, that's what i pretty much found out and it's meant to be lighter and that's why all all american beer all the uh, you know budweiser and uh miller and everything uh, those are all lagers I gotcha. Are there any beers that are meant to be drunk warm, as in like maybe like hot? Um, I do not know. Um, I think the that, 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 that sounds terrible, also. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, but I do think that you know it's most it's cellar temperature they call it like like a fifty degree. I mean, it's not exactly room temperature, but it's it's like cool, but not not cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, either way, let's move on from beer uh, because there's so Wait. much other things we could talk about like like for instance you are studying uh over over there i mean the reason you're over there just just give me remind me what is the major <laughs> um okay so i'm studying drama uh my main goal in life at this moment is to teach drama at a collegiate level uh, that's my sort of goal right now. All right, all right, I hear that. So, so, yeah. um, yeah. So, like, like, um, so, so, if you're t- gonna teach drama, I mean, weren't you a drama major in Potsdam? You used to be music, and then you turned to drama, right? Exactly. I originally was a music education major. No, uh, I mean, if we want to get into the nitty gritty here, I went to Potsdam uh, undeclared. And then the, the next semester, got into Crane, was a music education major, stayed in that uh, realm for about two or three years, and then decided to switch over to drama. Yeah, which yeah. Which helped me to become a super senior there for five years. <laughs> yep. Yep, yeah. I think, uh, what, what, did did everybody, or was it just you and Melody? How, how, many, how many of you guys went five years? I know that Dan did not. He uh, had focused. And in, in his life, it was, it was interesting to hear your interview with him, uh, to hear him say that he was not focused or not studious, because I remember seeing that man uh, in school, and he seemed, at least from the outside, from my vantage point, to be a very studious man. Um, I was not very studious. Uh, May, you know, uh, I think yeah. I found that a trend between all, all of us seems to be that we all have this uh, this this blight of laziness, you know. And it just depe- depends on on uh, the extreme of it. And so I, I maybe maybe a better maybe the way that Dan wants it to be put is that he's the least lazy of all of us. <laughs> I will agree with that statement wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I made it in four, but I I um it was it was tough, and I I had stuck with music education just because I was I just wanted to get out of there, you know. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and so that's just. You know, it is what it is, and now I'm a farmer. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing, is that, you know, you you leave high school, you're like 18, 17 years old, 
you don't know what you want to do in your life. You just know that you kind of want to get away from your parents. And you're super so you pressured to do college. So you go to, a, you go to a school, you kind of test out a couple of things, right? like science or like philosophy, and you just kind of go down the road. Maybe it's what you want to do with the rest of your life. Maybe, maybe it's not. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, you, you, you get, uh, you get, you get educated in certain fields and hopefully you become a more well, well-rounded person. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know where I was really going with that. Well, no, no, I, that's that just that in itself, you know, but, um, we can move on to, so, so you went to, so now you're doing your masters, uh, you saved up some money, you're doing your masters. And so like, um, name, like, like, just give me a little highlight of some of your courses, you know, just give us an idea of what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you some of the courses that I took last semester. Actually, I have my notebook right here with me. Nice. Uh, I took dramatic, uh, dramatic literature and criticism. Um, in that course, what we did is we read uh, critics of dramatic literature. Uh, we studied why they had a good viewpoint, um, what they added to the realm of dramatic criticism, um, and in some points, we discovered why they are batshit crazy. Um, let's see, another course. Wait, 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 wait let, let me, can I just ask a few questions about that? Oh, please, please. Um, so, so, like, were we talking, like, historical critics? Like, like, um, ones that were, like, the best of the best? Exactly. Um, mainly from the 20th century, I would have to say, because that's when, uh, at least drama in this part of, part of the world kind of really took off. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Could you name, like, could you, could you name, like, one name of, like, maybe, maybe, like, the equivalent of, like, a Mozart of, of critics? A Mozart of critics? Um, I would have to say that Antonin Artaud, that's A-R-T-A-U-D, uh, he's well regarded as one of the greatest, uh, dramatic critics um, but he's also a playwright also, you know, he wrote a couple of plays, but he also spent a good amount of time in a insane asylum. Um, so he's a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, kooky also. Okay. But, so uh, is there he's probably one of the most famous, uh, critics probably. So, so let's just like, what was a famous thing that he was a critical thing of? Like, like what was a famous play or drama thing that he criticized? Um... Let's see here. I have my notes right here. Let's take a look. Let's see what he has to say. I mean, there's also, uh, you know, like Aristotle. He has to put some uh, some uh, groundwork on how we even think about theater. That's cool. Um, Plato. Let me see here. Okay, so Artaud, he believes that the theater was beneficial and curative. Oh, that's right. Um, let's see now. I, I I haven't read this in like half a year, so it's a little bit, a little bit rusty here for me. Yeah, no problem. Man. Um, let's see here. He believes that the word or script should not be the starting point of a play. He wants a fusion of sound and lighting. Um, he wanted to separate the audience uh, from the actor uh, so that the audience was very visibly watching a production rather than getting, like, sucked into it and pretending that this is something real. So he believed in keeping a sort of, like, separation, uh, keeping the fourth wall very open and uh, visible. 
Okay. Okay. So, 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 did you just mean that like he wished that the audience would really know the process? Yeah, I mean, like he wanted the he wanted the audience to see like the lights. He wanted the audience to see the sound bit, uh, the like speakers. He didn't want them to be. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? To be um, illusioned. To, to to like fall under the spell that what they're watching is anything except fake. That they're that they're, they're that they're watching actors. You know that they're not watching real life people okay so yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like the difference between understanding fine art and just being like hypnotized by like uh the you know just a a fantasy world Mm -hmm, exactly yeah yeah i i i I can understand that it's almost like uh hedging towards like a person like a critic who looks at um drama that way and you know you probably think that you know because the drama it's just like um, they've done they've done um, scans of the brain and they show that a musician listening to music like so much more of his brain is firing off and so I'm sure a drama a drama critic looking at drama a whole bunch of his more of his brain will be going off than your regular you know schmuck and and so that yeah and so that like um, that full experience of watching drama is something that you know if you experience it like that you know that that's 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 a much more aesthetic experience than maybe, you know, just being wowed by a story. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, hold on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it, it, it's cool. You know, I mean, it's like, um, I remember I was kind of introduced to something like that when I, when I was in an English class with a guy that was really into drama and he, mm-hmm. he made me, um, kind of start to look behind the screen especially with like movies and stuff like that kind of look like oh yeah there's an actor there's a person directing there's a person like like the idea that you know like beyond what you're seeing you know the the whole production of it you know mm-hmm. and and little by little as i started seeing that it started to make me less able to get kind of too emotionally attached to it oh interesting okay but yet when I saw something really, really, really good, it it didn't matter, and it, it it made it that much better, you know. I think that that's the main point that Arto was trying to make was that you know, uh, as, as long as the script is amazing and as long as the actors are amazing, that's all that really matters, and all the rest is just a bunch of like uh, smoke screen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 it's better off that the audience is aware of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So so yeah yeah that's cool. So okay, that gives you a little bit like that's like kind of like the kind of a history angle of drama. So so yeah, go go on to another course. Uh, the other course I took last semester was theater research and writing practicum. <laughs> Man, how do they make drama sound so dry? <laughs> Isn't it? I know, man. Um, I'll tell you, though, it was one of the most interesting courses that I've taken here yet. Um, I will have to say the thing that opened up my eyes the most about the world of drama is that I was so naive when I, like, walked into the, you know, my very first uh, semester here. I thought that drama was just about drama, you know, and that to be a drama teacher, you just have to know drama. 
and I could not be further from the truth. You know, <laughs> to be a to be a fantastic drama teacher, you need to know history, you need to know philosophy, you need to know economics, you need to know sociology, you, you need to know civics, you need to know religion, um, you need to know everything, including drama, to fully understand what the playwright was was like talking about, what the characters are thinking. You need to know everything in order to fully appreciate that. And um, this course truly helped me to understand that because this course focused on writing. And when I came into grad school, I was not a very good writer. Um, and my early semester definitely showed that because I was, you know, rough. Um, but this teacher that I had for this course, he whipped me into shape. He said, get the, get the heck up and you're going to write. You're going to be a writer. Yeah, man. And writing, writing helps me out. I feel like I'm a much better writer now. Yeah, writing's a bear. It is a bear. But I've also found I found that like when you get aware of like kind of a writing style, I mean it, yeah. it's it's just like everything. When you get used to something, it it does come. It starts to come real easy because then all of a sudden you're not having to look up all the you know how to reference shit. You're not looking up how to you know yada yada yada. It starts to flow more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially educated papers, they are a bear. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. And he was having us write things that I've never written before. Like he had us write a op-ed. I don't know if you've ever read one before. Uh, they're usually in like the New York Times. I'm, I've heard it a lot, but a, a, I've heard it a lot, but I've never really known the definition. It's just sort of like someone's opinion on something, or looking at a story from a like different viewpoint. Oh um, yeah, yeah, okay. I wrote an op-ed on uh, Kim Jong Un uh, and his uh, nuclear weapons, yeah, um, yeah. and I used that as a metaphor for the theater. I uh, pretended that he is like a director of a of a uh, play, and he's using these as like props. And uh, yeah, 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 totally. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, it makes it makes me think of. You know the the production behind drama. I mean, I, I'm sure like the in the collegiate drama. You know that it 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 um skews towards theater. I mean towards yeah the theater, right? I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? I I, I mean I'm sure that um, the drama in the collegiate level tends to skew towards theater. Drama tends to skew towards theater. Like like in in the um, because it's like classical drama. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a, a main focus of it. Sure, absolutely. Or is yeah, or I mean, is there an analogy from across the world? What what I mean is like um, kind of like how if you were going to learn music education, you're going to generally go down the opera slash um, art song route, you know, or classical music. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you know, there's you know modern music, there's uh, recorded music, and everything that's obviously not really addressed too much in that field. And that so that's so that's what I mean, like comparing to theater to movies like you probably don't do much in the movie slash tv slash whatever that sort of realm right i see what you mean now i see what you mean exactly yeah i mean the word theater comes from the greek word theatron which means to observe so a theater is a place where you where you observe things um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely where our main focus is on. I should also say though that a good chunk of it is on, uh, on theater that happens outside of the actual theater. 
such as like street performance or okay. clowning or like juggling and stuff. Um, so- okay. Yeah, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some. I remember going to Baltimore. Baltimore had an awesome outdoor theater thing, and yeah, it's a totally cool experience. You know, like like I don't know, a guy guy was doing like stand up comedy as well as like balancing on a ball and juggling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a guy that learned about where he was doing performance art at a museum, and he took a dead fox in his uh, in his arms and gave the fox a tour of the art museum. Um, and that was his performance art. Nice. Does that does that throw into the realm of the... Have you heard of that one, um, that couple that they had a breakup and they, they, they represented their breakup by walking all down the opposite ends of the China, the Great Wall of China, and then meeting in the middle or something? Oh my gosh, no, I've not heard of that, but that sounds... Fantastic. Yeah, that's. I mean, they they've been doing these things all together, and then they they ended up like wanting to break up, and they broke up in like that dramatic way, <laughs> you know. That's that's really interesting. But they they do all sorts of stunts like that, you know. They they um you you'd have to look it up, but I bet you if you look up uh, Great Wall of China breakup or something like that, it'll it'll come up. Because isn't that like fifty or like a hundred miles long, or even like longer than that? Like, I, even like a thousand miles. Yeah, long. I, I I think they took a long time to do it. I I can't remember how how they did it, but I just know that I I can't really tell you. I th- I think the mid- they met at the middle, but I you'd have to look it up. I mean, but but either way, the the point is that it was. I think that's kind of towards the extremes of those those things. I, Mark Marin kind of went yeah. went over it once. Oh okay. Yeah, I had some some guy, and he started talking about it, and how how one where is it going too far? Like like one guy wanted to, you know, um, make an art performance of him like making love to a, a prostitute or something like that. You know, interesting, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's that's the thing about art. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be theater. It can be dance. It can be song. Um, everyone's going to have unique and original ideas. It's only can those ideas find a audience. And if they can, then that brings in money. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't bring in money. Now, that might not be the main purpose of why the artist is, you know, doing this to make money. They may be doing it just to, to, to express themselves. Um, but, you know, with, with popularity comes, rec- comes recognition also. Totally, totally. Yeah, um, it's it's once again one of those double-edged sword scenarios. Exactly. A lot yeah. of you get a lot of privilege, but then yet you, you know, then but then you're you're kind of in the public eye, and you don't really have much privacy, you know. Yeah. Um. See, one of my teachers last semester said something really interesting to me. He said that artists don't fear success. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Artists don't fear failure; they fear success. Oh, because yeah. with success, you have to you have to follow that up with you know something else. So if you do something that's super popular, you then have the pressure of doing another thing, but it has to be even better than the than the, than the first thing. Yeah. yeah, or or you get stuck in some some like vortex where they want the same thing over and over. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just like Hall and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, man, eat a. How does how does that fucking go? Oh, oh, oh here she comes. Do 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 do. Watch do, out, do. girl. He's a man eater. Yeah, 
<laughs> my my mom loves that. Your mom is a Hall and Oates fan. She she that is her way. She she Hall. Okay, this probably will paint a great picture. Hall and Oates, James Taylor, um, Pat, uh, Pat, Pat Patty Patty Simon, something like that. Okay. Uh, later Chicago, you know where right. where <laughs> you're the meaning of my life. You know that okay. B, later BGs. You know that I mean, you, you probably are getting a pattern here. Carly Simon. I just finished my my episode four of my podcast. I talked about my mom loving Hollandos also because she's a, she's a huge fan. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, when's that coming out? Um, the thing is, I don't have internet right now. Um, sometimes the internet just decides to go down. Sorry, it's the sandwich is coming back up. Uh, sometimes the internet uh, just decides to go down, and uh, it just kind of like wanders around, and when it feels like it kind of pops back on. So uh, it is finished, but I just cannot upload it because of the internet. Yeah, I actually have the same thing going on right now. I haven't been able to to check up on anything. I, I have my phone. My phone works, but uh, I can't actually do any decent uh, internet play because uh, the internet the farm's not working. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks not having a steady internet connection. It's it's uh, it it should it should be a it should be like TV. It should be available all over the globe, anywhere. You know. I agree, man. It should be free internet and hand jobs for everybody. That is right, and it's going to be fast. It's going to be so fast that it's like instant. It's like an instant hand job. Instant hand jobs all over the world. Anyone want one? You can get one. <laughs> Yo, um, so that actually made me think of one thing that that would be kind of cool to talk about. I thought, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm thinking of someone kind of like um, Seth Rogen. You know Seth Rogen? I know him very well. Yeah, I bet. And and so he is kind of a guy that I see as like like kind of a child of the film industry. You know, like he was in it very yeah. young, right? Yeah, and so. Yeah. So now he's kind of, you know, I think he's created four movies now or five, and and just imagine the sort of productions that you that you're you know kind of in front of when when you when you do that. But yet he's he's been kind of groomed for it, you know. He's been kind of groomed to be an, uh, a a uh, you know a movie making officer, you know, a, gir- a guy that make that gives orders. And and he it's just amazing to think a guy like Seth Rogen who seems just kind of like a regular guy is like leading these productions that are massive you know what I mean it's true and I, I, I kind of have a weird connection to him because he's the exact same age as I am and he's done so much more with his life than I could ever do um, yeah I've, I've, I've heard that a lot I'm, I heard that a lot in a lot of podcasts. I still got to figure this out. I don't know if you hear this in a lot of my phone interviews. It's so hard to to, to interject whenever. But um, yeah, like uh, um, they they were talking about, it's a very dead end place to 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 dwell. On like, for instance, of of their day, Eddie Murphy, like what he had accomplished at twenty eight, you know. And they said like you you can't think about it, or else you just get depressed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that that dude's just been pumping out movies. Now I'll I'll definitely say that they're not all uh, home runs, um, but a lot of them are smart and uh, very very funny. Yeah, and uh, I'm really interested to see his newest movie. Uh, this is it. 
first. No, oh, man. Is, this is the end you're looking like this? I, yeah, I really want to see that, too. The apocalypse. Yep, I, I've, I, I've heard a lot of press on that, and I, I want to see it, too. Um, I, uh, and he was good at getting, getting the word out. I, he, he was on every podcast I listened to and, uh, and, and he was on NPR. Yeah. Yeah. He was on uh, Corolla. He was on Marin. He was on the, uh, Nerdist. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He made the rounds, you know, he knows his audience, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, uh, but also just the idea of having that sort of creative freedom, like saying like, okay, I want to write a story about a guy that, uh, that has a girlfriend that he knocked up and, and, and then, you know, uh, he, he ends up turning from a boy to a man and ends up getting responsible. And, uh, you know, I, I want, I want to have that made. And, and then all of a sudden it gets made. You know what I mean? Like, like just imagine having that sort of power, you know, to make it, I could, yeah. Cause, cause I'm thinking about like how how much effort it takes to just make a podcast like this, you know, and exactly. and and then I watch like just one scene of something that's well made, like like just a cartoon or something like that, and just imagine me trying to make a cartoon seamless, you know. I mean, I can make it look like shit and maybe produce something in a week, but if I wanted to make it look nice like that, like every scene is taken care of really nicely, all the, it's all smoothed out, everything flows nicely. That's such a production. Then that takes so yeah. much time and so many people, you know, to coordinate because, because I mean, you can't do that by yourself, you know. I know. Yeah. Um, I'll say the number one thing that impressed me the most about that dude. Have you seen his movie uh, Superbad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. He said that he wrote that when he was sixteen. <laughs> yeah, he was wrote it as the same age as those kids. It's freaking incredible. I mean, at age 16, I was writing, like, Jane Go books, you know? Like, look at Jane. Jane Go good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you you're, you're put, giving yourself a little too little credit there. But, I, I mean, I'm sure you made something a little better than that. But but I I, I do agree. I mean, there there is something about that. But, I mean... 16 years old wasn't he already like involved in in um that freaks and geeks by then that's a good question because he did start acting very early at a very early age yeah, he was in freaks and geeks he was in uh donnie darko too yeah yeah ex- exactly i mean i i who knows how, how early it was but i mean he must have had do you know i mean he must have had connections or either way but th- i mean that's also kind of kind of part of part of the thing i mean thing that something like they, that you know you don't just kind of learn those things without someone helping you be i mean like you always hear about someone that has like a friend in the music industry or a friend in the movie industry and they're able to kind of hook you up you know let you know how it works you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and uh yeah. and that that's probably something that neither of us have you know <laughs> well i think that he also has a lot of uh drive you know he's he he like pushes himself very hard to do the absolute best that he can and that's still something that i'm still kind of like working on so i think he's beaten me in that sort of area there yeah so h- how you been doing um, in terms of like sexuality or hunger or <laughs> overall, overall, how's your life been? Overall, I'm doing all right, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm kind of down because uh, I really wanted to get a job for the summer, but 
don't freaking call me back, and I'm just getting kind of depressed because the thing is just about over here for me, at least. Uh, you know, I was I was feeling optimistic with you for the with the last podcast. I think you got a call back. Is that that totally? I mean, you probably mentioned it in your podcast, but is that is that over with? I don't know. She she just has not called me back yet, so I don't know what to uh, think about it. So I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to have a full time job and be a full time student at the same time. So we will see. We will see. Yeah, is there any job too too low for you to to? I mean, you're not going to go there. Um, I'll tell you one of the biggest money makers in the city that is hidden is collecting cans. <laughs> At night, people come by with huge trash bags and go through your garbage and collect your cans, and they make millions of dollars. That that cannot be true. It is a true thing. They make millions of dollars. That's probably something that I'm not willing to do. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay. Let's just let's just let's do the math a little bit here. So you you sure. need if you had a hundred cans, right, you would have five dollars. Uh that sounds about right, yeah. Okay, so how many cans do you think you could pick up in an hour? Good lord. The thing is that you gotta root through like cat boxes and like diapers and no, stuff like I, that. I, I mean I mean that in like like that's gonna be tough. I mean to first of all, yeah, like searching all over the place. I mean if you had them all like ready to go, you know, that might be one thing, yeah. but but I mean to like be searching all over for the place to even collect a hundred, you know, I mean you're talking yeah. about penny pinchers there, you know, they're they're not getting anywhere. I know, I know. I think there's like a whole sort of like pyramid scam going on here where the guy at the top is getting a lot of money and then he like hires people to go root their people in garbage cans so that they get a little bit of the money but most of the money goes to the guy on top. I think that's the way it works. I see. I saw a uh, thing on the news about it but it's just incredible to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and then he could, you know, like that uh, Seinfeld scheme. Remember that? <laughs> Oh yeah, where they drove the uh, mail truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then some later Seinfeld, he's like, you know, someone thought, "Ooh, that's a good idea." And then, and then, and then Kramer's like, "It will never work." Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the same episode where Kramer adopts a uh, highway, right? Something like that. I, I I don't remember, but they had the scheme going to Michigan for the ten ten cent deposit yeah. or whatever. I remember that now. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I do remember reading on the can, it's in California, you get uh, 10 cents. Oh, is that true? Yeah, so I guess that, that might be a reason why you make a little extra money. I don't know. Okay, okay. That's, uh, that's, that's a level, that's a line I'm not really ready to like cross yet. <laughs> um, I might get there in a couple months, but as of this moment, I'm not ready to cross that uh, bridge yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I. Um. What was I gonna say? Um. Yeah. So. So that. That. That's cool. You know. Um. California. Uh. That. That. That's interesting. I actually. Um. You know. Actually. Could you. Could you ask Arnold Schwarzenegger come back just for a second to say California for me? Because I just love how he says it. Oh sure. Yeah. I think he's on the shitters. Give me a quick second. Sure. 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 Arnold. Don't want to speak to you. What does he want? I, 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 don't, I want to talk to you a little bit. I'll, all right. Yes, hello. Hi. Uh, can you just say California once for me? California. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. That, that's all I wanted. Thank, thank you. You can go now. 
I have to wipe. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, California. You know, I like. Tell me, because um, the last podcast you talked about going to see your cousin, which I, was very entertaining to me, because to think about the the your cousin being such a buff and uh, kind of um, charismatic person see, was was very very cool, you know. Um, he's, a, he's a super cool dude, yeah. And and so it also gave me like, okay, Chris is over in California, you know. This this I've never been there. I I mean. Tell me a few things, or, or I mean, even San Francisco alone is interesting. But something about California that you've never seen over in New York. Uh, I'll tell you, man. Moving out here, it might seem like uh, I'm being hyperbolic, but um, it's like a different planet out here. Uh, the people are just so different. The the culture. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. A, people in California love to spend time outside. They love to connect with nature. They love to be in parks. They just love to be outside doing something. Um, unlike the way that a lot of the town folk in my area of the woods in New York love to stay indoors. Um, I am willing to bet that a good amount of that comes from the fact that we get snow for about half the year there. <laughs> yeah. We just kind of get like uh, sort of like accustomed staying indoors. But um, it's it, it, like these, these these people here, they wake up and they just want to get outside. So that's the number one thing that I noticed that was really, really uh, different about here. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I I remember I I mentioned one time about uh California having signs on products in California may cause cancer. Like like how, you know, California is a pretty progressive state. So like is there any progressive things that that sh- that uh come to your mind real quick? Well, I mean, obviously weed. <laughs> Everyone here is smoking weed. Oh, is that true? <laughs> uh, you, you you go in the park and you know there's people with a, a three foot uh, uh, one of those you know, cold water pipes. Oh man! Out here, um, you know people will just have joints and they're just smoking it everywhere. Jesus! Have you seen some of those? Have you seen some of those dispensaries? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's one near the Walgreens that I need to pick up my blood pressure medicine from. Um, and it's, you know, you I sat on a bench one time and just sort of watched the people going in and out. And I expected to see, like, you know, like what Dan was talking about, like, potheads, like, come on, man, let's get our, let's get our uh, hatchet sack and go in there <laughs> and play some frisbee. But it's just, you know, there's, like, there's, like, businessmen going in there and there's, like, uh, upstanding citizens, you know. I mean, there are certainly the, you know, sort of like stereotypical potheads going in there also, but um, from what I can see, it's just like everybody's doing it. You know, maybe maybe this whole pot thing is almost like a big coming out, you know. I I really think it is. Um, I 100% think that a good chunk of, hmm, let me rephrase that, a good chunk of the mellow nature of the states, I have to say, comes from the pots. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is funny. I mean, it, it it's uh, 
you know, it's it's probably going to be getting on that uh, legal bandwagon soon. I mean, it's already it's been on the medical bandwagon for a long time, and it just seems like that you know that culture out there it, it's it's like ingrained. Uh, but that that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they are super uh, eco friendly out here. Also, um, they recently banned plastic bags. Uh, so wherever you go, you have to bring your own bags, which is both cool but also annoying because, like, my thing is I, I love to go on, like, walks now. I walk, like, two or three miles every day, and sometimes I'll buy a new shop that I've never seen before, and I want to buy something, but I didn't bring a bag with me, so <laughs> they charge you 10 cents for every bag that you get. Yeah. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you buy a lot of bags, it adds up quick, you know? <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, that that's, yeah. that, but that, I mean... I, so, I mean, I, I can hear a little bit of annoyance in it. Are, are a lot of these eco-friendly things kind of annoying? Um, you know, like, some of it seems like it's for the good of the community. Like, they'll not, not allow certain, certain foods yeah. uh, to be in their foods, you know, like trans fats and, uh, I don't know, like, fa, fa gras, that, like, loose goose liver thing. Oh, yeah, fa gras. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of the do, do, friendliness is like they throw stuff at a wall and they see if it sticks. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be sort of like the the like message here. Do you, did you do you know what they do to make foie gras? You know why it's banned? Well, they're like it's like making goose liver, and they sort of like force feed the goose, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They force feed the geese so that their uh, livers become a hum- humongous, you know, and then they 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 sell the liver. That sounds that sounds pretty awful. Yeah, you know, I I actually um, well, I guess I I don't need to go too far into that, but uh, yeah, um, California, California, um, yeah, uh, let, let's say okay, uh, uh, Pacific Ocean. Then I got got another place I want to go, but but first, tell me about the Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean is about 15 blocks from my apartment, and I go there very often. Uh, there's a super nice beach and a sort of like boardwalk area over there. Um, so there's lots of people surfing over there, and they're doing like kite surfing and uh, swimming. I've seen a couple of whales over there. I've seen some dolphins. Supposedly there are sharks there also, but I've not seen those. What's your favorite? What What's your favorite viewpoint? What What What's What's your favorite viewpoint like? Your viewpoint, or is there a park or something? My apartment and go towards the ocean and walk up about ten blocks. You're very high in the air, and you can sort of see the whole city from there. And you can see the ocean. You can see the beaches. It's very scenic. It's very picturesque. Oh, okay, so you just see it from a, from a hillside. Yeah, yeah. San Francisco is a hilly motherfucker. <laughs> I bet that's good for your walks. Oh, it is, man. It gets the old heart pumping, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll start uh, jogging. That'll be fun. You know, I lost... Uh, I, 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 I lost count, but I think I lost at least over 50 pounds so far. Wow, man. So I've gone down uh, three... No, two pant sizes... When I moved here, I was a size 40 jean, but now I wear a size 36, so. Night, you you have a smaller jean size than me, man. 
know, well, you got those, like, thunder thighs, man. You got those thighs that you can, like, kill a man with. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I'm a size 38 waist. Um, you're like that woman from the uh, GoldenEye movie where she strangles men with <laughs> her gigantic thighs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he uh, on the top or something like that? Okay, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know anything. I remember you doing uh, squats, and you just did yes. squats for a long time. Yeah, you actually attempted one once, too. You love your squats. You know who was also a lover of squats? Who's that? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that right? Yeah, could, could, you know, maybe he could say something about squats. Arnold? Do you have anything to say about squats? No, I'm taking the poop right now. I'm sorry, he's taking the poop right now. Oh, he's squatting on the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, he does this kind of like helicopter move where he kind of just squats in the air uh, and he just kind of lets the chips fall, so. (laughs) Great. Okay, so um, your apartment. Uh, uh, Tell me a little bit about your apartment. My apartment is an awesome place. Um, uh, Hmm. Let me, let me back that up. I'm going to talk a little bit quieter because my landlady is right upstairs. My apartment is an awesome place right now. It was not always an awesome place. Uh, <laughs> I had to deal with some rodent friends. But uh, luckily, okay. they are no longer here anymore. Um, we had some uh, sewage backups, but luckily, that's not a problem anymore. But um, it's a super awesome place, and my landlady is the cooking best. We get along awesomely. She makes me food. I make her food. We have chats, and her mother is awesome. And it's interesting to learn about the Asian culture here because, oh, let's see, I saw a statistic recently that one in eight Americans live in California. And let's see, the population of San Francisco is about a million people. It's just, it's, it's like under a million. Okay. And of those million, half of them are from an Asian country, you know, like China or um, uh, Thailand. South Korea. Uh, or uh, Vietnam is very popular. Um, but of that percentage, over half of them have recently got to this city in the past year. So they're like fresh off the boat or fresh oh, off wow. the plane. So they don't fully understand the American customs or way of life yet, which can be interesting, but also very frustrating when you're trying to walk down the freaking sidewalk and they just love to get in your way. I can't understand it, Joel. It frustrates me to no end. I just want to go on that walk. I want to go on the sidewalk. And a little Asian lady, she just gets right in your face. You know, I just want to body check her. Oh my God! Every time, Joel, I'm letting I'm uh, I am uh, venting right now, so I apologize. So what are they doing? I, I'm, I'm every time you say it, you're like so you're walking up to them, and what do they do to you? I walk on the sidewalk, and somehow these older Asian women have like a sixth sense that says, I need to get in this man's way. So they, like, purposely walk in in front of me so that I have to stop and sidestep around them. Um, <laughs> so, are, are, I mean, are the sidewalks are the sidewalks crowded? Are they not looking? What, what makes them do that? Certain areas are more crowded than others, but when you're near sort of like a, like a market, like an Asian market, there's going to be a lot of Asian women there buying green beef. So, yeah. <laughs> 
are they are they all short? Are they hard to see when you when you try to? They're very tiny. They're, they sort of like pop out of the like cracks in the wall, and it's like, well, there's an old woman popping out. <laughs> So, dude, I mean, also about your apartment, uh, you know. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I got I got so sidetracked there. Sorry about that. No, it's a it's an awesome place. Um, my living room, dining room, and uh, uh, bedroom are kind of put together into one area, <laughs> and then I've got a bathroom, I've got a kitchen, I've got a back. Uh, um, uh, I can't think right now. Back area, <laughs> brain engaged. Backyard, thank you, Christopher. Oh, oh, wow. Backyard area where I can go in and observe birds and whatnot. Oh, there's this mole in the backyard, Joel. I love to watch him dig because he, like, puts his head up and he grabs a piece of, like, flower or grass and he dives right back into his hole. How big is this? that mole for hours. How big is this? He's got to be about uh, five inches, maybe. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like a big mouse... It's like a big mouth. I don't care. I'm not frightened of him as I was the rats that were living inside of my wall. Is it maybe because uh, he's blind? Hmm? Is it probably because he's blind? Probably because he's blind. Exactly. Yeah. And because he lives outside, which is away from me, so that makes me happy. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so, so where's your entertainment area? Where's your computer? It's right in my living room. I've got a futon that I've got. It folds out into a lovely bed. So any of your listeners or you who are listening, you just come on up to San Francisco. You've got yourself a place to sleep right here, I'll tell you what. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, that I mean that that's a lot lots of fun, man. I mean I, I you know some, some part of me wishes I could get out there, but you know we're we're all kind of stuck in our uh, stuck in our places now, or especially me. I mean when, once you have a family, you're really stuck. It's true, you know. That's something I've been I've been thinking about, you know, because I will be completely honest with you here. I don't know a lot of people that are still. Um, I've been learning that when you get older, it's harder to make friends, you know, because mm. a lot of people have girlfriends or have boyfriends or, um, have families or, you know, so it, it, they don't have a lot of time to spend being friends or making new friends. So yep. it's been kind of, kind of lonely out here. So there's definitely positives and there's definitely negatives about that. You, do you have any friends at all? Oh, no. I mean, I definitely have, you know, at least two or three pretty good friends. But, um, you know, nothing compared to the Joel or the Dan or the Scott <laughs> or the Winkler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand. I mean, I, I heard something about it's, it's, like, connected with memories. Like, um, time seems to go slower, or, or at least it seems like time goes slower in the past because... Um, when, when you're young, you make, you're making a lot of new discoveries and new, new memories and everything. And so those, you know, it feels like you've done a lot in those years, you know? That's true. And then, and then, and then as you get older, it just kind of starts to get a little more rhythmic, a little more, like, a little less, uh, new things. And eventually it gets to the point where 10 years will go like nothing, you know? I know, man. Um, I was I was saying on my last podcast, you know, I've been here for a year now, and this, this year just, like, 
Levi. I, 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 it just feels like yesterday I was just moving in. Yeah, totally. And freaking year and then year later, yeah. Yeah, and I got my daughter Sophie. She's already two, you know. I mean, and I got another baby, you know. I mean, it's just so crazy. That's so awesome, dude. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. You know, you're filling up that house with little old seats uh, and children up there. I think that is just awesome. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to have some sex. <laughs> Someone's had to have some sex and make something out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm, the babies. Mm, babies. Oh, um, uh, does does uh, Arnold got to get the baby out? Does Arnold need to get the baby out? Get the baby out. I think I I saw that movie. Which uh, which uh, Arnold movie is that uh, from? Uh, Junior, I think. Junior. Uh, I'll I'll check with him. Uh, Mr. Uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, what is it? Um, you were in a movie called Junior? Yeah, you, know, you got to get the baby out. <laughs> okay, I, I guess you got to get the baby out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, yeah, uh, well, it's, it's, it's been lots of fun, you know, um, un- unless you want to think of anything, I actually, I kind of had a partial idea, but, um, in, in the meantime, um, maybe, you know what I want to do? I want to do. I, I want to uh, play the game. Do you do you, you know how to play the mind or the yeah the mind game? Oh, I know how to play the mind game. I've been playing for years now. Okay, great. <laughs> the condescending answer ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so, yeah, after we do that, then maybe I would consider that maybe a little transformation into maybe um, a butt sex conversation. Oh, sure, man. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm here to do anything you want. Okay, so I, and maybe even have it like not even. So maybe after after this, we're, we're kind of done with finding the flow, and it's turned into like a mini butt sex episode. Done, done, and done. Okay, all right. So you ready for your uh, mind game? I'm ready. Start me off, buddy. Okay, so we're playing those mind games. Um, let's see. I will. Yeah, that I, I totally got it. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a theme song for that. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ice cube, go. Stop. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm. What was the word you were at? Harry Potter. Okay, Ice Cube to Harry Potter. How did you get there? Okay. Um, to get my GPA up to get into grad school, I took a few courses at Buff State, and that's where I learned about uh, heat transformation from ice cubes into hands. And then I thought about that attractive teacher who was my science teacher. She looked good. She was a nice-looking woman. Um, And she had very attractive glasses. And that got me to Harry Potter. Because he wore the circular glasses. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So how old was that lady? She had to be in her mid-30s, I would have to say. Cougar. Nice-looking woman. 
you know when the, when you get to the mature ages i mean i i you know everyone love i mean it's it's obvious that a good good uh 20 year old lady is is nothing to to cough at but but uh a beautiful like stunning cougar 35 to 40 year old is is hard to beat absolutely i mean i got a thing for like uh crow's feet i don't know what it is but i just like to look at them and then something starts stirring in the old nether regions down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew that a bird's anatomy um, could, uh, you know, start something happening there? Crow's feet. Uh, uh, yeah, who, who, <laughs> who would have thought? Dude, man, uh, butt sex, let's talk. Let's just, just, just okay. anything that comes to your mind, uh, you know, memories about butt sex. I'll tell you, the greatest memories about butt sex are that it was just so cool to have you at my parents' house, and we would sit in my room. Sometimes we would bring over coffee, and it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we would chat, and we would get into fake fights, and um, sometimes we would talk about doing things like going to a diner, uh, at the very end, and I would get super excited about that. I still get super excited about, like, food with friends. Yeah. I mean, like, food's awesome, and friends are awesome, but you put food and friends together, and... You got yourself a party. a fun time. Yeah, you got yourself a party. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um... What are your, what are your uh, memories about it? Um, I... Like, um... I think, I think part of it is, is just, like... Uh, listening back to him, I, I really loved it. You know, it's kind of like, um, like, like, kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like how these are, like, a, like an a, a, a audio journal. You know, like, like capturing yeah. a time in your life. You know, and especially, especially, um, especially, especially now listening back, I feel like I've, um, I've become. Uh, like, I feel like when I hear it, I feel like I've definitely a different person than I was then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, I've I've listened to a couple of them also, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was putting on this sort of like public persona of sort of like a bully to you, and I feel I feel like bad about it because I was kind of a dick to you <laughs> a lot of the time, I... and it, it it seems like that's the kind of like what brought about some of the magic is that I was kind of a dick to you, but um, I don't know. So I I mean yeah, I. I mean, go ahead. Like, like I kind of described it, you know, like I, I gave you lob balls all the time, like like easy things to pick up. <laughs> <Easy> lob balls. <laughs> and I, I, you know, there's part of me that feels like that that was that was a good, like, like it was fun. It was a fun ride, and it was kind of funny because like I didn't really know. Like once again, like I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I feel like I, I didn't really know everything that kind of. Um, podcasts were about so i kind of came from it with this this uh you know uh, uh from from my own angle and i was always trying to to push that but i i i in the end i'd always end up just like kind of uh you know it just ended up being kind of a goof off it actually kind of reminds me have you ever heard have you ever listened to professor blastoff you see a pokemon character no no it's a podcast professor blastoff no, I have not heard of this. This this is with uh, Tig Nataro's podcast. She's gotten pretty popular lately. And, 
And uh, so there, there's this guy that's like their engineer, but they, they eventually kind of made him into uh, a part. But they started off the podcast with kind of like something that, that I could imagine, something that I would like what they um, – they started off being like – uh, they're in this chamber that uh, this old professor had made, and they they uh, they they get satellite information from the this this professor every once in a while. But, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter describing that. But but what what it is is that it used to be like they have scientific guests, and then they just be kind of like comedian types talking to kind of serious about science and like kind of bringing like a like a, a an every man's kind of perspective to it, you know. An every man's perspective, you know. Oh, every man, I think the same thing, kind of like slang for like a African American person. No, 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 no. That is really interesting. I think that's where where a lot of the magic from like uh, Love Line came from. You know, because it's it's like scientific medical questions. You got Doctor, you got Doctor Drew for that. Yeah, and yeah. For the comedy, you got Adam Carolla. Adam so it's that like serious and sort of like the funny aspects that are put together. Yeah, and I have to to check that out again. But you see, what's happened to the show is it's kind of turned into its own thing. Like, it started off that way, but Mm -hmm. now now at episode like 100, you know, it's um, kind of turned into like like basically listening to these guys hang out, listen to the three guys hang out, and every once in a while they'll have a special guest, and they have some sort of theme, and they'll talk about it, but really half the time they're spending kind of goofing off, you know? That's awesome. That's, that is really cool. Well, I mean, but, um, but yeah. like, like, like. So my point is that it's it's kind of like I could imagine. Like I kind of there's there's one of the guys that's still in the group that's still kind of really gung ho about the science stuff. But long ago, like Tignataro and and the other guy have kind of just become more kind of all all about the fun and the and the laughter out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah. and so like it was almost like that was like my that was almost like our relationship. I was, I was half the time being serious and you were pretty much always looking for the comedic angle. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was looking for a new way to make you look stupid. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, I don't want you to frame it too much like that. I don't think any of us knew exactly what we were doing, but it was fun. You know, I thought it was fun. It was, it was always fun. It was it was always fun for me too, except I, I will say there were a few times where it got a little bit uh, tense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you were you were going through a period in I believe it was the middle where you were obsessed with like numbers, and you would keep trying to bring the focus of the conversation back to numbers. And I didn't give a shit about numbers. I didn't want to talk about them. And you're like, oh, well, twenty. And, oh, we cannot forget number 13. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Um, But now, looking back on it, it's funny, and you were the funny one, and I just didn't, I didn't, like, realize it then. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we were, like, coming from it from so different two angles, you know? And and so that was probably half the magic, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, like, like, and all I mean, the other things that like um, I think you know, you were always like uh, ha- trying to get me to get on mic, you know. And I, I, uh, I, like I, I understood, but sometimes you know I would get get too too into the thing I'm saying and then get off the mic a little bit, and then you'd be like, "Jump, jump, come on, get on the mic." And, I, and then I, I, after a while, I started getting annoyed by that. Well, you were like a wild animal. You wanted to express your opinion, but you didn't care where your mouth was like, uh, was like, was like pointed towards. 
Yeah. Um, somehow the idea of the microphone um, sort of floated above and beyond. You wanted to go into the closet and have a, a discussion with me about metaphysics. <laughs> and I wanted to like hear you so that other people could also hear you. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know, like, it's it's just, you know, it's just how those things are. You know, you have your initial feelings about something. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, true. It's, it's true. It, yeah, it's like we, it, we grew it up. A, it was a super fun time, and I'm so glad that we got to uh, to uh, view it. So Okay, and now, what what does this make you think when I say this? No holds barred. No holds barred, baby. Lost episodes. I don't feel bad about that, man. Uh, that's no big deal. But yeah, t- tell tell the, tell the people out there a little bit about that. Well, we were going to go for uh, Butt Sex Version 2, but we decided to rename the podcast No Holds Barred. Do you remember saying the like, um, previous incarnations of the names that we had thought of? I, I can definitely think of one. I can't think was, of... Hold on now. Hold on. Troy... Croy who? No. Croy oh, yeah. Win. Because we were going to say New York backwards. That's right. right. Yeah. Croy, Croy Win Crew. <laughs> Croy Win Crew. That was it. That was it. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. And then uh, and then I, I decided I'm going to sell my iMac to get a new iMac. And I sold it on eBay. And this guy shows up at my house, or at my parents' house, I should, I should say. And he's like, I want it now. And he went, I'll give you cash, but I I need it now. So I actually deleted a lot of stuff while I was trying to format my uh, hard drive. And yeah. It's gone, gone to the ages. It's gone to podcast heaven. So hopefully when we all get there someday, we'll be able to uh, listen to it. Yeah, man, I I, don't, I can't even barely remember how we even approached the the. I mean, I like when we did our podcast. It felt like to me like we were just kind of. I mean, we we eventually started answering email and like having a few few things to talk about. But for me, it always felt yeah. like it was just talking. It was, yeah. I would have to say a huge aspect of butt sex was the fact that we had at least two listeners. We had Dan. We had Scott. And that gave me the motivation to put the the uh, microphone in front of my face every single time. So I want to I say a big shout out to those two uh, juggalos. Thank you so much for listening and sending in emails because that that kind of like motivated us. So thank you. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. It was funny. I tried to get one of my friends to listen to it once. <laughs> Do you remember his email? Oh, Justin, right? And yeah, yeah. Like gay or something like that. He said, I like the music, but uh, for the most part, it was a waste of time. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> another very another good. guy I think that never listened to podcasts before. Hmm? Another guy that hasn't listened to podcasts before, you know? Yeah. Like, how, is he, how is he doing? Because he was, he was at the, uh, the uh, wedding there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, he's got, uh, three kids, you know, I mean, we, we're not too far, I mean, well, it is a good amount to get to it, but if if we were a little closer, maybe we'd see each other more often, but I mean, we try, we see each other maybe once a year. Jeez, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, I think a, a, a large part of it is that you're so far away from a lot of, you know, like the Buffalo Hamburg area. You know, you're off in your own kind of farm corner of the world out there. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I you know, I kind of choose it myself, you know, I, well, or partially. But, I mean, I'm also kind of part someone like that. I'll just dive in and, and you know, no no, uh, no regrets. Yeah, man. That's, that's the way to live. No holds barred. No holds barred. Remember how I had a hard time saying that? Did you really? Yeah, I remember I kept on saying no bars hold. No bars hold. I think that that's why, another reason why we uh, meshed so well is because I'm still dealing with, like, speech impediments, and I know that, that like, you you also have those, and I think that that's another reason why we sort of, like, meshed well together, because we had a hard time speaking, and then we said, let's do a podcast together, and then <laughs> the magic. And that we, for every stutter the one has, the other one would fill it in. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But so with, with, I was having a hard time saying butt sex. You'd come in and talk about numbers for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, uh, like, we, we, you know, as as individuals, you know, we'll, we're just stuttering, you know, bu- uh, bum- bumbling idiots, but, but at, when we're together, we kind of create, like, one relatively coherent person. We're sort of like Voltron. Uh, to become one. Yes. Nice. Or or the Power Rangers. And I come inside you. And you come inside me. Yes. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. One last question. I, I think this will be a nice question to finish it off. Remember how Scott sure, Scott asked you um, uh, whether you were gay on, on butt sex. Scott asked if I was if I was gay. Yeah, remember that. I don't remember that. And you had to explain it like some like some scenario where where you were you you were thought you were being funny with Scott, and then Scott misinterpreted that as you being gay. You know, that's that's a really interesting thing. Is that I find sexuality to be funny, and I know that I would try and find the humor in it at least a lot when I was in college. We did a lot of gay shit there. You know, there was the attacker defender game. Yep, yep. <laughs> there was a time where I pulled down Scott's pants and locked him outside of his door. There was a lot of time where I would just touch Scott's... It, 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 a lot of it involved Scott's penis. Uh, me touching it, looking at it, me pulling out my dick. There was a lot of gay shit going on there. Um, but... To me, it was all funny because I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I know that I'm straight. It doesn't matter to me, but I guess from an outsider's point of view, that could be perceived as something something a little bit uh, mysterious or there's something else going on there. Well, I thought maybe, you know, Scott might have more to his argument because he moved out to San Francisco. It's the land of the days, man. I'll tell you, I go down to get my uh, medication every month for my blood pressure medicine. And it's in the uh, Castro District, which is the gay mecca of the country. And there's naked parades down there almost every single time. (laughs) Yeah. That must be quite an experience, man. You get a face full of old man dick every single time. (laughs) And they're just swinging in the breeze. Yeah, that's funny. And I say, where are, are, like, hot chicks? A lot of hot chicks to enter the naked parade but it's only old, wrinkly men, so I don't know what is going on there. Well, I that might—it's funny that it must be just kind of part of the scenery now. It's like like seeing the geese. There's those running gay men, 
or na- naked men. They're swinging away. <laughs> Well, man, it was awesome talking to you, man. I, um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think there's a lot of entertaining things for everyone out there. Yes, I agree with that statement. Now, um, and I, I wanted to say, um, I think you're doing a wonderful job with your interviews. Uh, I, I thought the one with Dan was fantastic. I thought the one with Scott was fantastic. You're a very good interviewer with your brother and sister. So you're you're doing awesome work, dude. You just gotta you just gotta keep it up, all right? Yo, thanks, bro. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. You're welcome, bro. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to talk to Arnold one more time. Is is he still on the shitter? Oh, Arnold, hold on. Let me shut. Uh, Arnold. God, what is it? Uh, Joel wants to talk to you just one more time. <laughs> I'm the uh, wiping right now. How can I help you? <laughs> How long do you wipe, Arnold? Man, it's like I'm now found I am now starting anger, and uh, one rule of the is uh, there's nothing left for me uh, to cut down the entire fort for me for my box. <laughs> oh, I, I, wow, that must be pr- pretty arduous. I use five-ply tissue paper. Ugh. What a life. It's like wiping your ass with a cloud. I'll, I, I just, just, you know, um, I, I hope everything goes well for you, Arnold. And, uh, and I just got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm such a fan. The Terminator, Predator, uh, uh, Conan. I mean, I, it, the list is endless. And I, I just, I, I must thank you for your work. And I'm sorry for your situation, but it was so nice to hear from you, Arnold. I know, I'm a pretty amazing guy, and uh, I have my my eyes set on this billionaire chick. She's this loaded man, tons of money, and it's going to be mine, all mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, I, uh, good luck with that. I, I, I hope the best for yeah. you. Yeah, get back on. I'm marijuana out there and become a billionaire. Okay, I, I, you know that I think that sounds great. Yeah, send some my way, and me and my Mexican children. <laughs> you got it, um, and and you you and we, you. I'm a chopper. And I will know once you're back on top of the mountain, and and you 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 just you just you know just like in Conan, going up the mountain, all you, you know um, the 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 uh, what what does he say about the mountain? What when you gotta go up. To get to get to the top of the mountain, to get there, you get to the top of the mountain, and get your chopper. To to get up, to get to get up there, you have to go up. You have to go up. Yes. You have to go up the mountain. Yes. So I, you Arnold, you go climb those mountains. You get back on top. I'm gonna climb the mountain, and I'm gonna look down at the small people, and I'm gonna laugh at them. Small <laughs> people, I'm calling. <laughs> All right, thanks. I all right, I want to say goodbye to Chris. Thank you, Arnold. Okay. Uh, okay, he's giving me the phone. Okay, thank you, Arnold. Yeah, absolutely, Joel. Um, thank you for this interview. I hope all you right. have a wonderful day out there. Give me a sign-off, Chris. Um, Joel, feeling the flow. I have felt the flow within my body. I'm now going to give it back to you, all of you listeners. Goodbye. Have a wonderful day. Bye, Chris. Well, that was that. Another one in the can. Uh, 
as you can hear, the battery is low. It's a long conversation for that phone to keep up with. Well, that was fun. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys got to know a little bit more about uh, Chris's situation. Um, I know I did. Um, and I guess that's that's what really counts. It's uh, like, like we've been all saying, this is my filter. Uh, this is the world of Chris through Joel. And, and maybe, you know, maybe it can can be of some value to the people out there. So, without further ado, we are signing off. Beautiful sounds. It's nighttime. The stars are shining. The moon is out. Breathe in. For all light that we see, there is also darkness. Experience the darkness as well as the light. Enjoy yourself. Have a good night.